0: Welcome to my podcast. My name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer at Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you so much for tuning in. I start every podcast the same way cuz that's just the kind of guy I am. No originality. <laughs> I just keep doing this. I I I do research for this cuz I think it's important, you know. When you make statements, it matters that you're able to stand behind them. You know. I want you to know I know there's so much stuff out there on the internet. And it's like a lot of it's controversial or they're contradictory and stuff. You you deserve to have the ability to look at the source material to make the decision where you believe a statement is true or not. And you are capable of making that decision. I believe that. And as a doctor, when I'm in the room with you, I know that. And my goal as your physician, when you're my patient, and I think every doctor should have the same one, is that our goal is to make sure you understand what's happening and that you can make an educated decision based upon that understanding on how you want to go along and whether you want to follow the protocol we're recommending or not. So so education is so important. In the description section, you'll see citations to the research that I used to prepare for today's podcast. Please look it through if, you, if you're interested in that sort of thing, or if this is really affecting you. Um, it's there. So, without further delay, let's talk about today's subject. And today's subject is subclinical hypothyroidism leading to cognitive decline. And that's a big one. And it's important. We've known for a very long time that when a person has thyroid issues, it affects their brain. The thyroid is, is, is thought of sometimes in a very limited, narrow field, but it's not. Thyroid is not just weight loss. You know, I've said that before. I'm going to say it again. Thyroid is more than just weight loss, nice nails, and nice hair. Thyroid is more than that. And in fact, I'll tell you, thyroid, some weight loss, not a lot. Some of you out there have had good success. I'm not arguing that. It's true. But if you look at the whole, not everyone has the same kind of success with it. With that said, thyroid is important. Where do I see it shine with people? Cognitive performance, big time. When when we cross (laughs) the 40s as we age, we cross the 40s or so, there's a trend that we see where the active hormone in your thyroid called T3 starts to decline. It's part of aging. When you were a kid, you were very little, first born, the first years of life, your T3 was getting these really high levels, you know, six, seven, eight. And that's fine. We want that. That's good. So that's helping develop neural, ta- ta- uh, neural pathways. And then, you know, it got as high as like five when you're like 17, I think. You know, that's okay. That's a good number too. And then you hit 20s, it starts to go drop down. It's like 4.8, 4.4. But then what we start noticing is that as you age, it keeps going down. Metabolism keeps Decreasing with age. That's what subclinical hypothyroidism is, is when it starts to keep dropping down where you're still in the normal range, but there's some health issues as you move downward. Okay? Now, let's go back to the memory part. When you have us and you're hitting your 40s and even 50s, there's a lot of worry that happens when you age because, in the background, as your thyroid drops, you start to see symptoms of cognitive decline. And, and we joke around about it. People are like, that's a senior moment, you know. It sounds funny, but it's, it's, it's scary. Do I, do I have dementia? You forgot where you put your keys. You, you, you forgot names, dates, you know? you know. You walk in the room and like, where am I going? You're driving your car like, Wait, where am I going here now? What's, what am I doing? Your brain's just like, you know. And that's a real fear that you go through. And if you've gone through it, you know what I'm talking about. It's very insecure, you know, what if this is that? It's terrifying. There's no true, really good tests for dementia. Okay, I want you to know that. Uh, you know, dementia is a cognitive impairment and um, it interferes with the ability to function at work or do your normal activities. Um, it's a decline from where you were before, measurable, with tests and observation. Um, it's... it's um when you have it it's a steady decline that's not able to be explained to something else it's really not an easy diagnosis because you can't show them a lab saying this is why this is happening can't always do a scan on the brain be like this is what's happening a lot of times it's just observation and and ruling other things out and that's just what we have then more often than not that's how that is managed The diagnosis, specifically, I want to make sure I'm very clear with this. The diagnosis, and this is in the literature, I'm going to cite this in a minute. Uh, I'm reading this. The cognitive impairment of dementia is detected and diagnosed through a combination of history taking from the patient and a knowledgeable informant, uh, which would be like a family member, your spouse, someone like that. Uh, Also, uh, objective cognitive assessment, either bedside mental status exam or neuropsychological testing. And then the cognitive or behavioral impairment of dementia involves at least two of the following things. You'll have an impaired ability to acquire and remember new information, impaired reasoning and handling of complex tasks, poor judgment, impaired visuospatial abilities, impaired language functions, uh, changes in personality, behavior, or comportment. And this came out of the uh, Goldman-Cecil textbook of medicine, the 26th edition. I pulled it from there. Why I brought this up, Is because when you have a cognitive decline that's associated with thyroid, some of these symptoms cross over. So if you start seeing these symptoms, you're going to look, you'll be like, I have Alzheimer's. And we always look to the worst thing that we find on the internet and diagnose ourselves. I know that. I know it. I'm here to say that there are other things that need to be looked at too. It's so important. Because if it's thyroid, it is completely 100% reversible, okay? I'm going get to that. Before I jump to thyroid, let me say one thing about dementia, Alzheimer's, and, 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 and that sort of thing. Alzheimer's, it's, it's I'm going to just say this. There's a book, it's called The End of Alzheimer's. And I'm just going to tell you, if you have Alzheimer's, if you have a family member with Alzheimer's, if you're curious about Alzheimer's, that's a brilliant book. I love it. I've seen him speak, Dr. Um, uh, Dale Bredesen. I've seen him speak several times. Uh, I just think the world of him. I've been to conferences where I didn't know he was speaking. I just started listening to this guy. I was like, I like this. This is good. And it was him. (laughs) You know, it's happening three times. So he's just, he's a great, it's a great book. So I want you to know when it comes to Alzheimer's, there are things, there are protocols, there's approaches to it. And and that's just, that one book is one of my favorites. Great springboard. Onto more information because I love him for citing his material constantly. It's well-cited. It gives you an understanding why he thinks the way he thinks, where he got his data from, and why he wants to treat that way. And from there, you will springboard off of there and figure out other things you want to do or other aspects that are contributing as well. So again, Alzheimer's, great book. Please take time to look into it. Back to what I'm doing, thyroid. I'm reading this one more time. This is going to be, again, from Cecil. Uh, um, um, textbook of medicine the 26th edition I did this on purpose the concept uh, of the distinction between mild cognitive impairment and dementia is more of a conceptual uh, clarity than operational precision you know the spectrum of symptomatic cognitive impairment is on a continuum that's what they're saying here why I read that out loud because I want you to know this it's a spectrum and and as an individual you feel yourself moving along it you feel yourself moving along it And as you move along it, that's terrifying because it's never done this before. It's always been over here. You've never had your brain do this until it starts happening. And that is nerve-wracking because you're like, when will it stop? Is it going to stop when I'm like, you know, not here anymore? When someone presents to clinic and they have these symptoms, it should bring out of the doctor compassion and um, empathy. And patience and understanding because that person's going to be that is a very vulnerable place for a human being to be in, and it should bring out of the doctor his absolute or her absolute best self. Losing that part of your life is, um, I it's big, and so again, really important. I say important too often, that word's gonna stop <laughs> being important. I could come up with better. Language, verbiage, is wrong with me? Um, okay, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we know thyroid plays a role in cognition for a long time. Children born with low thyroid, their IQ suffers from that. Big time. That's important. That, that diagnosis of, I don't know if they call it cretinism anymore, but that's where that term came from. Children who are born to a parent who had low thyroid, the child was born, the brain didn't fully develop, thyroid's too low okay? Thyroid plays a massive role in cognition. We've known this. When a person's outright hypothyroidism is corrected, there's a definite improvement that's been measurable in their cognition, the way their brain works. What I want to focus on is not outright hypothyroid. So outright hypothyroidism is when the active hormone T3 is below two, okay? That's outright hypothyroid. I'm talking about the range is between 2.0 and 4.8. I'm talking about subclinical hypothyroid where the T3 is at the lower end of the range and there is symptoms, okay? Subclinical right here is defined as a condition that's not severe enough to cause definite symptoms. That's the technical diagnosis. In our case, I'm going to be talking about a T3 and I'm going to define in this podcast what I define subclinical hypothyroidism is. Subclinical hypothyroidism is a free T3 that's below 3.2, okay? That's my number. Why, Brendan? Why is 3.2 important? It started for me, uh, the Journal Circulation published this. Um, They concluded that a free T3 below 3.2 is a strong predictor of death in cardiac patients and uh, might be directly implicated in the poor prognosis of cardiac patients. In other words, if you have a cardiac event and your free T3 is below 3.2, your incidence of death, your mortality rate goes way up. That's published in the Journal Circulation. That's where I first started thinking that I should let my patients stay around 3.2 or higher. That should be my cut point. Don't let it go below that. That's where that first started. In other studies, we know that a free T3 below 3.05 is associated with significant cognitive decline. That's what I'm going to be bringing up today a lot. A free T3 below 3.05 picomoles picomoles per, per, per liter was associated with significant cognitive decline. The current reference range, again, 2.0 to 4.8. Some labs will say 4.4. I even see some labs say 4.2. You know, this reference range variability you see in the labs these days, you know what that is? That's opinion. That's not research. That's averages and opinion. I should do a podcast on that. I will do a podcast on that. So in my approach... When I see someone whose T3 is between 2.0 and 3.2, I see that as being subclinical and I want to treat that and look at that. Now, when your brain starts to disappear and your ability to recall things is 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 going away, the first thing you think is that's it. This is gone now. I want you to know if this is due to thyroid, studies show this can be reversed. Okay, and I see it clinically as well, this can be reversed. We can show before and after that there was a change. We can show not just in subjective, the patient says, I feel better. They want to feel, listen, the patient wants to feel better. A lot of times they want what you're going to do to work. So while their opinion is important, they want it to work. So it's not always, always reliable because they're going to be really trying to see the good. Subjective so data is better. So you can measure thyroid, okay? You can also do memory tests with them, which is still considered objective data. And the study was published in the journal Brain, and it was titled uh, FMRI, functional MRI, revealed neural substrate for reversible working memory dysfunction in subclinical hypothyroidism. They saw the impact of improving the free T3 has on the function of brain, specifically working memory. And they used a functional MRI to prove that. In other words, they took these people with subclinical hypothyroidism, a T3 at 3.05 was the average, and they brought it up to optimal, and they did memory tests before and after, and they did a functional MRI before and after, and it was serious. It really changed. It really changed. Do You know what's something cool I want to bring this right here? Thyroid medication is like 30 bucks at Walgreens here in the States, or, or, or CVS or Costco, wherever you get your drugs. This is not a million dollar thing I'm prescribing here. This is nothing fancy right here. We're doing nothing crazy. But what if that's what's wrong with that person? And we do that. How awesome is that? Seriously, think about that. My producer Justin is not going to like me because I'm going to have to. Sorry, Justin. I'll make you put a video. I'm going to put another like another one of those like little things in here. You see the screenshot? It's like a it's like a screen thing. Yeah. Um, so I want you to see this. So right now. The screen should be showing. <laughs> this, is, this is from that study that I just cited a second ago from the Journal Brain. Um, that's the Weschler Memory Scale and uh, testing they did for people. Now, I want you to look on the scale you see on the top line there. You go along, there's parameters, euthyroid, hyperthyroid. There's SCH, that's subclinical hypothyroid, before treatment, and then SCH after, subclinical hypothyroid after. Now, as you go down parameters, the far left column, you see the information, then go over, see subclinical hypothyroidism, that was their score. So for information processing, they were 4.82, after treating thyroid it went to 5. Orientation went from 4.09 to 4.67. Mental control went from 28.23 to 32.33. Figural memory went from 10.64 up to 11.5. Visual reproduction went from 1782 to 2083. I mean, look at these changes. This study proved before and after memory changes that were validated. Now, this is at six months on thyroid, okay? They took six months of medication, and when they were done with the six months, they did the test. So in the study, they took these people from 3.05, the average is 3.05, it's subclinical hypothyroidism before, and they brought it to around four. 6.5. 4.65 Six, five. 4. 65 4.65 is the average they brought it up to and they changed their memory they changed their brain that's thyroid I'm, that's priceless to me you have all these things this is your brain is what you've made in this life these are your memories these are these are the things that you look back on and you're, these are important you know and if something as simple as this can fix it this is awesome for the MRI part, because I don't want to just rely on just the Wesler memory scale, okay? So with the Wesler memory scale, that's a good way of measuring. What about fMRI? That was super cool in the study as well. The fMRI data revealed that the frontal areas corresponding to executive functioning are affected by subclinical hypothyroidism. In other words, the frontal cortex, that's where you're doing the functional memory. That's like where you're doing your working memory, where you're going, to like, you know, like, what is, all right, Brandon, what's working memory? It's like RAM on a computer, Okay if you have no RAM on your computer, you have one window open, maybe two, you know? But if you have really like top-end computer with a lot of RAM on it, you have all these windows open, everything's running super fast. That's what working memory is. It's like you come into your day and you're like, I have to do these 20 different things today. And what that does is it makes sure you don't forget the 20 things you have to do. It helps you create an organize, organized pathway to get everything done throughout the day that way you're supposed to. That's what executive function of the brain does in a nutshell. That change on the MRI, functional MRI, showing that it was improved is significant. It's, it's amazing. you know. Again, inexpensive medicine, proven, good stuff. Don't trust me though. Mm, don't trust me. Go, <laughs> you need to do, so say you have cognitive changes. You run your thyroid with your doctor. Your free teeth are like 2.5, 2.4. They put you on thyroid medication. It gets up to 4.65. Do a memory test before you do the thyroid medication and do another one six months later, not one month later, not two months later, six months later, do the memory test. See what your brain did. That's the proof. Not every doctor will do an fMRI with you. <laughs> don't ask for that. Insurance does not love, does not love those sorts of things. I don't, think they're even, I don't even know if they even do it in some places, but just do the memory test along with the medication and see what happened. What holds us back? I love asking that question in this podcast. What holds us back? What prevents us from really treating this? Thyroid is a weird one. Thyroid has a really weird reputation. And there's a lot of doctors who are just like, don't do thyroid. Thyroid is terrible. I was, a lot of opinions in there. I want you to know that. Um, thyroid is not a casual medication. Let me start with that one. Okay, It's not a casual medication. that should be prescribed randomly. It needs to be tested for. It needs to be monitored. You need to be prescribed the right amount that takes care of you. Okay? It needs to be done correctly. Um, there are a lot of bad protocols out there in the industry for thyroid. And I've seen a lot of them where people come in and they're on super high dosing and it's causing them anxiety attacks. They're just not healthy. That's too much thyroid. Um, and that's no joke. It's a really uncomfortable experience. Your body's upregulated. You're causing anxiety. You're just, you know sweating. It's just, we don't want that. With my patients, when we do this, I start them on thyroid medication. I test them one month after I tend to be a little on the conservative side with my dosing to start and I test them one month after to make sure I got the right level and then if everything looks good we'll do every six months labs if I need to make a change I'll test them a month after that. What thyroid do I use? Rarely if ever ever do I use just standalone levothyroxine or synthroid rarely to never like I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever done it. I always prescribe it with lyothyronine, or something called Cytomel. I prescribe T4 and T3 together as a prescription. Sometimes I'll use that as desiccated thyroid, which is where it's combined, pre-combined, and sometimes I'll do that as just two separate medications. But my goal is to get your T4 and your T3 hormones in the correct ratio, and that is tricky, and it's important that your doctor is focused on it and does the lab work appropriately, monitors it, and makes sure you stay safe. I hope this was helpful. Especially with your memory, I hope this was helpful. And if you don't have a memory problem, but you know someone that does, this is important. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I never take this for granted. When you, um, when you post to me on my Instagram, or or uh, you know YouTube, I'm more often on Instagram. I think I, I'll check more YouTube more often. I read your comments. Some of you. It's just, I just, all of you, all of you that comment, thank you. You know, some, some of the content is so, you know, heart um, felt. I just thank you. I look at those and that helps guide me on what to make more of. I'm here, I'm here because I love doing this. I love doing this. I will keep doing this until I stop, <laughs> until there's no more to do. So I'm here long-term. I will look to your comments. That helps guide me on new material. So please comment, please like, please share, please uh, subscribe, and I'll see you next time.